the 495 and your host, Doug Sparks, Editor-in-Chief of Merrimack Valley Magazine. Lou, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. I'm ready for the beach. How can you not? You know, I'm going to go home and go to the beach. We have that thing going on right now. It's funny you mentioned the beach because I was thinking yeah. the beach as I was driving over here because it's in the 50s today. Yep. And the 50s feels like, like 80s. the 80s after the winter, right? So <laughs> it it's really like, does. Yeah. So I'm like hanging out in my yard with my kids wearing shorts and flip-flops and there's still snow on the ground. But it feels like I want to be kicking a beach ball around. I know. It feels nice. We need this. And it definitely lifts the spirits. I get to go home and walk to the beach, so that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll come join you. Yeah, if, there you if go. you'll invite me. I, bring the kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they would, they would love it. They, <laughs> they haven't been to the beach that much, but it's a, it's a rare treat for them. So they still have that sense of awe yeah. of like, whoa, what is this? What is this <laughs> thing? You know, and they're, they're if you're lucky, scared of the water, but drawn to the water. And If you're lucky, that never goes away. I, yeah, <laughs> it, it hasn't gone away from me, so yeah. I, I suspect that it will, uh, it will stick with them. So a, a good day, a good day to sit down and have a nice conversation. I have in my hands right now hmm. the March edition of Merrimack Valley Magazine, which has the Southeast Asian uh, you know, cuisine primer. My copy cover. of it, I take it? And this is your copy. Okay. I'll leave you. this so you can, yep. you can read it. There will be a quiz. <laughs> Uh, and there's an article here by Bonnie Mason on our guest today, whose name is Paula Esty of the PEG Center for Art and Activism. So, P- Paula, it was formerly, do you, help, help me figure out the name. It used to be called the Paula Esty Gallery, and now you've rebranded it, or is it still kind of both? It's kind of both still, but, you know, we went from the Paula Esty Gallery to, because of, um, our programming changes in 2019 began, then we started to shift the name. So officially we call it the Peg Center for Art and Activism now. Okay. So for people who don't know who you are and don't know what you do, what's your background? How, how did you come to this? And, and what is unique about your gallery? Yikes. Um, I know. It's a kind of a broad question there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm old, so I don't want to go back too far because it would just take up too much time. But um, <laughs> I've been in the arts my whole life, and I'm, I'm so grateful to have been able to have dedicated really my whole life to the arts, both as an artist and um, a gallerist. So seven years ago, I opened the Paula Esty Gallery in Newburyport, Mass., and we were, you know, just significantly contemporary art at that point. Good art, but um, trying to bring that to Newburyport. Then with the circumstances in the world and in myself, I mean, I'm an activist. I've been an activist all my life. So I just wanted to blend those two together more, art and activism. In 2019, we started to pivot from just being a contemporary art gallery to wanting to add that activist piece. And we made some great strides and inroads. And, and, and what we did was we showed really good art that tended towards a certain theme. And with every show, we added experts, whether scientists, uh, writers, um, political people and activists um, that we would bring in for events uh, to fill out those themes. Then the pandemic hit and you know, we have we continue to do that, but we were sort of floating around. This year, 2021, is our sort of breakout year where the art we show is activist-oriented and supported then by the programs that we'll continue to do. Yeah, in, in Bonnie Mason's profile, uh, you mentioned uh, the murder of George, George Floyd as a pivotal moment. Um, we're going through jury selection right now. Are you following the trial and are you thinking about it? And, and what was the impact of that moment on your sense of this mission? You know, 
Right now, I am literally, and I'm sorry to say this in a way, but we are literally launching our 2021 season. So I'm attending to that. But when the murder of George Floyd happened, it simply solidified every fiber of my being into it has to be more than just contemporary art that we're mm. delivering. I, I was so afraid, Doug, of art with a message for the first six years of the gallery because I figured no one would freaking buy it. And guess what? Selling art is a really, really hard thing to do anyway, so why limit myself? And, you know, and, and for a long time, it was like, I don't want to show ugly art. I don't want to show art that, that puts people off or turns them away. But But when that happened, it was like, no holds barred. We, we have to get to the core of the issue. We have to expose ourselves. We have to, in Buddhist tradition, they say you have to come with a, a broken heart. And so that's what I'm about right now is I, I want to open people up, break their hearts almost like George Floyd's murder broke, hopefully, most of our hearts into seeing the world differently and doing something about it. Given that, and given that you're addressing these larger issues, how does this gallery fit within Newburyport? In other words, what are the connections with the community? Could this gallery exist in Arizona? Could it exist in Lowell? Like, what, what's the role of place for the gallery right now? It's always been community, and it's always been about circles. I mean, it, it, it might have been that we had huge openings and people got to know each other at the early parts, the early years of ourselves. But people know us as a community service-oriented gallery that delivers good art and good programming. And yes, to your question, I think it could be anywhere, but it first it involves community building. And so that's really what we have spent the last seven years doing. And so I don't think I could pick us up and plunk us down somewhere else without that happening first. It's about relationships and trust in a lot of ways. Like people have begun to trust us to deliver not shock value things, but things that really will change us and bring us together to create change in our community and beyond. How do you find your artists? Do they come to you? Do you are you looking? How does that work? It, they used to come to us, but now they're a little scared because they know that we're art and activist oriented. So literally, my um, associate Julie Cook and I troll. We troll the internet, <laughs> and we and we start with you know I'm constantly getting emails of uh, organizations or artists, and I just I follow them and find them. This current show that we're about to launch, it's called. Um, oh, she's healing what divides, and no, it's called. We changed the name. I, we do this all the time. How <laughs> how we heal? It's called. Um, we have ten new artists from across the country and British Columbia, Canada, that we've never met before. Um, but we, because of Zoom, we've been able to meet them, see their art. It's the first time I've done an entire show without actually seeing the art in person first. So what can you tell me about these artists? Uh, who are they and, and what sort of work do they do? So they run the gamut from uh, Rebecca McGee-Tuck. Is, is, um, a, she's a Massachusetts artist whose work is all from debris she collects at the ocean edge. 
And she wants it to be slightly sad. She wants it to invoke um, deeper consciousness about it. It's beautiful, and yet it's not. So she has sculptural pieces. Um, this beautiful artist from Seattle, Matthew Lazor, has taken old photographs, and they are very compelling. They're, there are a lot of men in the photographs helping each other. But he adds broken eggshells, broken... Christmas ornaments and paint and and they look so they're exquisite little gems and they take you to a place because of the subject matter that you would never go before. We have a fiber artist um, uh, from Massachusetts who creates tiny little baskets that have a huge story in them. We have 12 of her pieces. I found an artist off the coast of British Columbia, Canada, who made a bee house, you know, uh, made up of huge, intricately placed pieces inside that um, that describe the life of bees and how they need to be protected and so forth. It's just, it's been, it's been an incredible journey. We, oh, and Rania Matar, who um, is a Lebanese American photographer, very well known, has, you know, a Guggenheim behind her. Um, we're showing her work. It's it's an exciting show, and we're very we're very happy to be doing it. You're you're focusing. You know, the theme is is healing, right? Healing yes. this divide, uh, and yet this at the same time, you're not afraid to address political issues. Uh, how do we uh, how do we bring these things together? In other words, you, you know, there's a pretty d divided political time, and there's a lot of division. There's anger, and there's people who've like been pulled away from the center, or just kind of, of rigid. Um, how do you how do you do both? How do you be political and at the same time kind of like connect with people from different perspectives, diverse backgrounds? This is difficult, right? This is not easy. No, it's really I mean, I, I want to say you do it really carefully. Hmm. And we have alienated a few people in the past. And the huddle, which is the women in action huddle of Greater New Report, is sort of it's the more political aspect of who we are. It's 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 more the activist organization by which we can have events and talk to people and expose people to the more political aspect of that. The gallery and its programs and exhibitions tends towards, let's keep this broader based. Let's talk to scientists. Let's hear from writers. Let's, let's explore in-depth um, BIPOC uh, poets and 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 show it in a different way. The huddle can expose a more political atmosphere, but still we do it really carefully, Doug. We don't we don't push it in people's faces. But for example, the um, the lead up to the election, which was so fraught with so much anxiety, we had um, Quentin Palfrey who ran for lieutenant governor and who is huge in the voter suppression uh, world come to talk to the huddle about all the things that were going on and things that we could do to help the election. So we expose people sort of from the back end and not from this is the candidate that you need to vote for. It's, it's an important distinction and it helps people feel safer in getting involved. For people who don't know what the uh, Women in Action huddle is, tell me a little bit more about it. And I also remember we had a little bit of an email exchange, and you mentioned you were looking for volunteers. So what is it, and how can people get involved? Sure. The um, the Women in Action huddle started on February 2nd, 2017. It's my mother's birthday. Um, 
it it came two weeks after the women's march my husband and i uh, flew to los angeles for that to be with our son and do the march together there were 750,000 people in la doing that when i returned home it was like what the hell do i do with myself now and i think that a lot of other people were feeling that way so i wrote to about 40 of my closest friends in the Newburyport area and said, I'm dying on the vine here. Are you? Let's meet. And that was the first huddle. And at that meeting, we decided the areas of our concern were human rights, social justice, and the environment. And we started just meeting all the time. We just met and met and, and decided on initiatives and how to bring our concerns to the greater community. Today we have monthly meetings, we have additional events by Zoom, we always have speakers, and we have started creating just enormous initiatives. You know, in this year alone, we did a food drive for a local food pantry and we raised about $1,400, 1,700 pounds of food and 2,500 items that we brought to this food pantry. I had, the, I had the great good fortune of having a tour of that facility just last week. Um, and they have converted their entire church pews into a food pantry. We have partnered with the city and, and we created an edible, uh, an indigenous edible avenue on the rail trail two years ago. A hundred plants and shrubs have gone into that. We are the maintainers of it. This year we're doing a vegetable plot also on the rail trail. We we try we call ourselves a women's support and activist organization so we're we're the same mission applies to peg we're trying to expand people's consciousness engage in community and get people involved in all kinds of initiatives so we raise money we change our minds we support political candidates and now we have a men's auxiliary that's starting so it's it's my love the huddle is my little baby love yeah now. so uh I, I know a little bit about it, but not everybody listening knows. This this edible plant section of, of the trail, where is it? Can people go now? Do oh, they yeah. have to take any special precautions? What Like if people want to go out this today, it's a sunny day. They want to head oh, over. No, they can go today. They can uh, go today. So where is it and where do they find okay, it? Okay, so it's uh, it's called Marches Hill, and the entrance is on High Street in Newburyport. It's part of the Clipper City Rail Trail, and you just simply walk, walk down there. And we haven't got our official signage, but you'll see a sign that says... Uh, the edible, the indigenous edible avenue. Right now it's sleeping, but we have blueberries, strawberries, cranberries, hickory nuts, persimmons. We have so much growing there. And last year people walked by with their families and their kids and they picked blueberries and strawberries. It's, it's a community, it's a community bringing together. Are there signs or something like just so people know what's what and their kids aren't yeah. picking up some poison? Yeah, there are signs. Okay. And as far as people volunteering, what do they do? Is there a website or is an email? How do they get in touch with you if they want to be a part of this organization? So paula.sd at yahoo.com. I'm pretty low tech. paula.sd at yahoo.com. We we need volunteers of all kinds. We're, We're looking for people who will help us with our newsletter, who will create initiatives with us, who will work the gardens with us, who will do community outreach, especially to our elders and families. And that's true of the the, the gallery. We're, we're always looking for people to help, too. We're looking for artists. We are looking for environmental artists. That's our next show after um, How We Heal. Okay. So uh, 2021, 
we're still in the pandemic, it must be really tough to plan, to think about where things are going to go, right? Like, so what are you, what are you doing? What's your sense of things today? I know it could change four weeks from now, but what is 2021 going to look like at the gallery? Oh, that's such a good question, Doug, because it creates such anxiety in me, you know, (laughs) until I finally realized, like, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty spontaneous person. I came from being an artist, so I carry that with me. I've always sort of resisted you know, putting a schedule out for the gallery that's six months or a year long. Thank God that's true for me right now. So it took us a long time to get to this place right now where we are going to open in mid-March with a community art project that's out there now. We've had 80 responses to our request to describe on one sheet what lost means to you from 2020 and what found, what did you find in 2020? So that's gonna be a beautiful sort of launch for a couple of weeks and then early April, um, How We Heal will open. I want it to be up for as long as it feels right and until I find the next batch of artists, because this is a new, we kind of got derailed in 2020. You know, I, I was cleaning out the gallery the other day and it was like, oh my God, there was so much loss. There was so much that we put aside and that we're reclaiming back in 2021. So in terms of opening, it's like when that art show goes up in early April, the doors are open. I'm having an opening. I don't know what that looks like yet, but I'm, I want people in person there. That's, that's it. Um, the shows will probably last a little bit longer and we'll do a lot of programming by Zoom um, that will support it and keep people interested. But I want each show of 2021 to really like be as brave as it can be, as brave as it possibly can. It's time for courage in all avenues. Um, so that's what our plan is, to just keep breaking boundaries. So for the people out here who are driving their cars and listening to this, maybe, uh, what's the best way for them to to follow what you're doing and, and you know, kind of get a schedule? Do you have a newsletter or do you have a social media presence, we do. website? We do. Uh, you know, our website is uh, paulaestgallery.com. All of our events are up on that. We have Facebook page Paula Esti, at paulaestgallery, <clears throat> Instagram. And um, if people contact me by, I guess, by my email, I will put you on the email list because we do regular newsletters with our events and schedule. Okay. So before I throw this over to Luke, as he always has some, some questions, I wanted to ask about your art. So you're an artist too. What? No? I call myself a was, a, you know, I, I wrote poetry for a long time. I performed poetry with a musical group um, and then the gallery happened and then the huddle. So I got, I got no room right now. I'm, I'm, I'm in love with artists. I'm in love with their art. That's what I do right now. I, I get that. I get that because I also kind of write or had a, you know, history of writing, but now editing has taken over and my, my focus is I much hope, more. I on. hope we live long enough to return to our art, Doug. Yeah, That's- yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly, for sure. Uh, Lou, do you have any questions for our guest? Yeah, Paula, I want to talk about this balance of art and activism, and I want to do it without talking about activism so much, because uh, art seems, it seems counterintuitive. In other words, mm-hmm. a... Um, when we're talking about activism, especially something like George Floyd, to continue with that example, someone who would buy a piece of art to put it in their living room doesn't seem to need the motivation in activism. And art is usually an escape. Art is usually beauty. Art is usually a peaceful home space for people. So 
just from a pure mercenary capitalism marketing standpoint, how's it going mixing art and activism? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeepers. That hits to the heart of everything, doesn't it? My husband calls us philanthropers. <laughs> so does that kind of answer? Yeah, it does. <laughs> hey, can, I, can I jump on that? Because yeah. I, I find it a fascinating topic. And it's, it's interesting to me because when I sort of think about the history of art, to me, it, it has a lot, not always, but it has a lot to do with, with religion. Uh, and that can be religion from a hunter-gatherer society. It can be cave paintings. But there was, as far as we know, right back at the beginning, this idea that that bowl is not just a bowl. There's something else. There's something transcendent. Ooh. There's something bigger. There's some sort of meaning there. When you draw a cross, when you draw, you know, like a Buddhist uh, mandala, it's not just pretty circles, right? There's something more important, something bigger, something transcendent. And, you know, I think about that in terms of this debate, in terms of this debate about about, you know, like, why isn't art just, uh, you know, fruit and bowls? And there's nothing wrong with fruit and bowls, right? It's pretty and it's beautiful and you admire the technique and you admire the lighting and everything. But, but why are we afraid of, of something transcendent, something more important being behind the images? Well, and I think that transcendence is in all good art, whether it's fruits and bowls or not. And for years we showed that. And it was our way of saying, this is so beautiful that your heart will melt in front of it. And when your heart melts, you're going to leave here different. And that is going to help everybody, your, your immediate family, your community, your world. Then Trump happened and George Floyd happened. And this time in our lives and in our history, to me, like I, I personally just wanted to get more to the art that's a little bit prickly, that puts me on the fence, that requires more from me, that asks a lot of me without turning people off. Although some people will get turned off. I mean, this is a huge question and one that art and activist organization like Elevated Thought and Lawrence Mass and so many others are, are dealing with. I, I simply don't know the answer, but I'm but I'm willing and wanting to push the envelope of it. So the artists so far that we have found are like, oh, there's a little bit more of an edge. There's a little bit more of an ask. There's more demand in it. And that is what I'm interested in. Also, the, the programming that supports these artistic themes are more about the activist part than the art has to necessarily be. And in terms of selling... The jury's out. I have no idea. New report, honest to God, I'm sorry, new report, but you've been very, very timid. There are fewer galleries than ever here. It's hard to sell art here. So I'm just throwing it up and saying, I'm willing to do what it takes to support this organization so that we can show what should be shown. All right. Now, let me ask you about the balance on the activism side, because uh, in the George Floyd instance, for example, I was one of these people who, uh, when George Floyd was killed, I am outraged and I want response and I want to deal with this problem. And I'm on board and everybody's united. Ninety nine point eight percent of the people are united the week after George Floyd is killed. And then activism starts to take hold and it becomes very adversarial and to use your word edgy and challenging and i am still on board with the george floyd my outraged george floyd but i'm less on board with the activism than i am with the actual incident and this is about this divide in this country how do you balance being active without turning as you put it turning people off 
it's all so delicate. And, you know, I do it by self-examination, believe it or not, because George Floyd's murder spurred me to start a sacred activism group, to begin reading. I put my own feet to the flame, so I know how uncomfortable it is. And I also know that staying power is really, really hard. Like, I feel like quitting. I feel like, can't we just get over this and get past it? No, the answer is no, we can't. But the way that we do it is to push forward and then soften, push forward and soften. Change is not like just ramming it home. It's allowing, it's allowing. And so we push forward with an idea or a piece of art that's going to hurt. And then we show you something beautiful or we have an environmental pause that is, you know, no less painful, I guess, but more beautiful. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a push and pull. It's a give and take. It's giving people the opportunity to pause with all this hard stuff and support and embrace them. I mean, we are a loving, loving community, the gallery and the huddle. And then we push again. Bonnie is asking to give you an opportunity to tell how you're helping, uh, how you're helping uh, black and brown voices in the Merrimack Valley th through art she's, and through the gallery. She's been so, she's been just an incredible, thank you, Bonnie. Thank you for everything. This wouldn't have happened, obviously, without her and with your openness. So thank you for that, too. Uh, so actually, I wanted to pick up on something that you mentioned because I've never heard of this. You said you joined a sacred activism group? No, I started one. Oh, started oh, I one. About, so what does I that mean? collaborators to collaborators this i just want to speak to um you know how we get the activism piece in there a lot is through collaborators so what bonnie was saying is that we've been we work with um other organizations that i have found you know bipoc organizations not in newburyport um that are helping because they we we do events with them we support their organizations organizations by by creating events so elevated thought is an art and activist organization out of lawrence we had a poetry reading we're we're working on a mural with them um merrimack valley black and brown voices a new dot org um that we've that we showcased uh and that we're, we're going to be doing um, an event with um exposed brick which is a bipoc literary magazine just launched out of lawrence that's coming up in april and then, Doug, you'll have to repeat what you asked because I, I, I just th this idea of a, of sacred activism. Uh, oh, I'm not yeah. sure what that means. It sounds intriguing to me. What is it? Well, you know, I've been studying for my whole life uh, spiritual practices, and there's a, a, a phenomenal healer, teacher, writer, poet, Andrew Harvey, who turned me on many years, like 20 years ago, to a book called The Hope and How to Bring sacred activism to everything that you do. I've read it, I've, you know, had book groups around it, and this year felt like the year. And so I gathered a small group of women together who um, are dedicated to becoming anti-racists in a mindful and sacred circle, which can be created anywhere with anyone. We read, we question ourselves, we act, we give money, we put ourselves in the front line of change. And when we want to quit, we help each other not quit. Because a lot of us just want to retreat into our privilege. It's so much easier. 
I'm comfortable. All these women I work with are comfortable, but we are dedicated to changing ourselves. And so we call it sacred activism. That's so the, the approach it. is sort of non-denominational. In other words, like, oh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a, it's like you can bring elements of Buddhism, Taoism, Catholicism, uh, Sufi, whatever, all, all these things kind of, um, it, it doesn't discriminate as, as far it as doesn't. the approach. It's like sacred principles applied to current situations challenges and circumstances, all towards the goal of self-change in order to bring that change to the greater community. And is this a private group or can pe people listening are like, oh, that sounds cool. Group, how, do I, how do I sign up? So it's a private group, but we, we're starting other uh, other circles. So again, you know, my, my lowtechyahoo.com <laughs> will get you answers. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so once again, uh, for the people who are just kind of tuning in, because it's the nature of podcast, people, uh, you know, take phone calls and come back in. How do they find out more? What's the website? And, and where the do they get more information? The website is um, com. We are on Instagram and we're very active on Facebook. You sign up um, to get our uh, frequent newsletters by contacting me at paula.estey at yahoo.com. That email will get you all the information that you need about signing up for things. How do you learn about a group? How do you start another group? How do you get help starting a group? And if you're an artist, that's how I want to hear from you. Okay. And also, to make it easy on you, if, if anyone wants to pick up the latest issue of Merrimack Valley Magazine, it's on newsstands now. All the information is in Bonnie Mason's profile of our guest this week, Paula Esty. Paula, thank you so much for coming it's on the show. It's been a blast. Yeah, thank it's you. fun, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Great. I'm going to thank see everybody you. next week. And thank you very much. I want to go check out that trail and get some, and see if there's any edibles <laughs> on the uh Today's the a good day. It, it's a good day to do that. Thank you again. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Thanks, Paula. Bye. All right. Thanks, Lou.